Well, uh, one last session here. Last night we talked about a uh, better leader, just talked about a better father, and we're going to close out here today by talking about being a better husband, a better husband. And uh, I definitely think that that's a thing we ought to pray about right now, so let's go to the Lord here together. Uh, Father, again, I thank you for these men, and uh, Lord, I, I believe with all my heart that uh, you have called men to lead, to lead in the church, to lead in their family, to lead in their marriage. And so I pray that for every man here, you will sharpen him to be a better leader. Uh, Lord, um, we know that we follow in the footsteps of Christ as husbands, that he himself is uh, the groom of his bride, the church, and that we are to model ourselves after him. And so I pray that you would keep our eyes fixed firmly on Christ right now as we open his word. Give us ears to hear what you have to say. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Question. What do you do when the honeymoon is over? Yeah. Let me, let me tell you, uh, can I tell you about the first time that I ever met my wife, Katie? Uh, first time I ever met my wife, Katie, I was, uh, I was a student at the, at the Bible college, and I was the leader of a singing group. Uh, this singing group, we called them camp teams. Uh, they were going to travel. There were four of us. We were going to travel to different church camps all summer long, and we were going to sing, and we were going to represent the college and, and you know, be sponsors at all these weeks of camp. And with two weeks left to go in spring semester, two weeks before we head out on summer tour, the soprano in my singing group got mononucleosis. Oh, no, what are we going to do? She's not going to be able to travel with us this summer. And so I called up the, 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 the camp team coordinator, the director of this program at our school, his name was Jeff. And I said, Jeff, Jamie's got mono. What are we going to do? I'm gonna, you know, I don't have a soprano. And Jeff said, Matt, don't worry about it. I will find a replacement soprano for your group. You just finish out the semester and, and I'll take care of this. I said, okay. And with one week left to go in the semester, one week before we head out on summer tour, Jeff calls me on the phone and he says, hey, Matt, I got another soprano for your group. Come on over to my office and I'll introduce you to her. And I will, I will never forget the day. It was a bright, sunny May afternoon. And I, I walked across the campus there at the Bible College. I walked into Jeff's office and he introduced me for the very first time to this young sophomore named Katie Bunton. And I can, you know, remember looking into her eyes and, you know, shaking her hand and, and thinking, behold... God is good, because <laughs> she's pretty good looking, you know, and, and I'm pretty excited about this. And, and over the next week, she had to learn all these songs real quick that we were going to sing, and, and I found out, wow, she's not just beautiful, but she's talented, and, you know, she's intelligent and gracious and, and committed to the Lord. By the end of that week, I mean, I was head over heels in love. And I also knew I had no chance with this girl. I mean, I, I was 19 years old at the time, I mean, immature, and, uh, you know, I, I didn't have anything, I had a bad haircut. And, you know, I had a gap between my teeth. You know, I'm from Iowa. I got nothing going for me here, you know. And, uh, and, and, but, you know, we can all dream. So we go out on a on summer tour. Three weeks into the summer, um, it's a Friday night, and we're in between weeks of camp. And so we come back to the, to the college campus there, and we're going to stay the weekend on the campus in what they called the hospitality trailer. It was this mobile home that they had turned into two living apartments. And so the other girl on our camp team and Katie were staying in the apartment on this side of the trailer, and the other guy on the camp team and I were staying in the apartment over on this side of the trailer. It's Friday night. I'm sitting in the living room on my side of the trailer. 
Katie was sitting in the living room over in, over in their apartment. Thin wall separates these, these two living rooms. And um, I, uh, as, I'm, as I'm sitting there, um, I can hear the door open to the girl's apartment. One of Katie's best friends had, had come to visit her. And, and so Katie and her best friend, they're sitting over here in the living room, and they're, they're talking, muffled voices. And, and on my side of the trailer, I got up to go walk over towards the door. And as I did, I slipped, and, and my ear accidentally pressed firmly up against that wall. <laughs> and, uh, and I was stuck there for several minutes. And, uh, and as I was stuck there, I accidentally overheard Katie's best friend ask Katie if she was interested in me. Ho, 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 ho. <laughs> now, I was expecting Katie to say, oh, no way, huh, uh, never. But I accidentally overheard Katie refuse to answer. Ho, 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 ho. Now, at that point, the other guy on my camp team walked in the door. My ear miraculously became unstuck. Hey, how you doing? But uh, that little conversation that I had overheard stuck in my brain. And I thought to myself, I mean, could, could this possibly be true? Why, why did she refuse to answer? Could... Could she actually be interested in me? Could she have paid any attention to me over these last few weeks? And you know what? It it took me the entire summer to get up the courage to ask Katie out. But when I did, she said yes. And oh, I am telling you, the clouds parted, a shaft of light came down, angels were singing. It was a beautific moment. At that moment, great was my rejoicing because I was convinced that I had found the one. She liked me and now life would be good happily ever after. Is there anything as hopeful as young love? I tell you, I I see it every year at the Bible college, all right? Uh, every fall, we get, a, we get a new crop of freshmen roll onto our campus every fall. And you now understand that our, our campus is, is kind of like this microwave for romance. You following me here? I mean, they all come in looking for love. And in fact, I heard, a, I heard one of our freshman girls one time say that her favorite verse in the Bible um, was Luke 9.23. If any man would come after me, let him. <laughs> like, okay. And, uh, and so I watch it happen every single fall. All these new freshmen roll onto campus, and they're all looking for love. And within just a few weeks, I mean, the whole place looks like Noah's Ark. They're all walking around two by two. You following me here? And, and they couple up, and I see them walking around, you know, uh, holding hands together. And, you know, sweet electric chills are going up and down their spine. And, and uh, you know, they, they just they can't get get enough of each other. All is right with the world. You know, the sun is shining and the birds are singing and the fish are jumping, the cotton's high, daddy's rich, mama's good looking. Everything is right with the world. And, um, and I watched them walk around our campus in, in ignorant bliss. And I watched them walk right down the aisle. And then a few days, weeks, maybe months later, reality sets in. He sees her for the first time without makeup. She sees him lose his temper for the first time. Um, there was a, one ancient poet who, who put it this way. He said, The glances over candlelight that used to seem so sweet don't seem quite so romantic over shredded wheat. <laughs> and as they're staring at each other over their cold breakfast bowls, uh, somebody said, love is blind, but marriage will open your eyes real quick. And what do you do when the honeymoon is over? Um, 
My favorite cereal is Lucky Charms. Can I get an amen on that one? I mean, I believe that Lucky Charms are evidence uh, that, that God is real and that He is good. And uh, I'll never forget, this was, this was just a few weeks after Katie and I got married. Um, you know, we're still, in, we're still in happy honeymoon phase, but we went grocery shopping for the very first time together. Now, here's what you need to know about my wife, Katie. How shall I say this? She is very frugal. Uh, she can, she can, you know, uh, stretch a dollar farther than you can possibly imagine. Now, that's a very good thing, and I'm very grateful for that. Um, but she is a penny pincher, and I'm not making this up. Um, for several years in our marriage, she subscribed to this little magazine that was called the Cheapskate Monthly. And it was full of all these ideas of money, money-saving ideas, money-saving tips. And uh, there's actually another magazine, this is true, called the Tight Wad Gazette. We didn't subscribe to that one as too much money, you understand? And, and uh, so this is my wife, Katie, all right? So we go grocery shopping for the very first time. And we're, we're you know, happy little honeymoon couple pushing a cart through the, through the aisles. And we get to the cereal aisle, and I reach up, and I grab a hold of one of those big red boxes of Lucky Charms. And I put it in the basket. And Katie is aghast. She says, at how expensive it is. She says, oh man, you can't, you can't buy those. Look at how expensive those are. And she points over here at the shelf and she says, uh, she says, no, look at this generic brand over here. They're way cheaper. Look at the unit price. And I'm like, what is a unit price? And, and so she proceeds to give me this whole lesson. And, and she says, no, I'm sure they would taste just as good and they cost way less. And I had to explain to her, no, nothing tastes as good as the marshmallowy goodness of lucky charms. And so the big red box stayed in the grocery cart. Well, this was a couple weeks later. It's a Saturday morning. I wake up. I kind of stumble out to the kitchen, still blurry-eyed, grab my big red box off the shelf and pour my cereal into the bowl, pour the milk in, and and I, I take the first bite. And as soon as I do, bing, my eyes suddenly pop wide open. Something is terribly wrong. You know what my wife Katie had done? She had bought a box of magic stars, and she had put them in my Lucky Charms box, thinking I would never know the difference. They were not magically delicious, all right? And at that moment, I'm telling you, the honeymoon was over, all right? And uh, I'll I'll just tell you, the rest of the story is I I have never purchased another box of Lucky Charms uh, in my married life. Greater love hath no man than this, all right? And, uh, And what do you do when there is conflict and tension? What do you do when the honeymoon is over? When Katie and I were getting ready to celebrate our 10th anniversary. We decided uh, on our 10th anniversary to get out our wedding video and watch it with our kids. We had actually never pulled it out and watched it since we'd gotten married. And, and so my kids thought this was going to be super fun. And, and, you know, we don't have a whole lot of excitement in the Proctor household, so we pop popcorn, and it's going to be like movie night at the Proctor house. And, and, uh, and so we get out the, the VCR. I know the young guys don't know what those are, but, you know, they're you know, big, clunky uh, uh, rectangle cassettes. And, and we pop that thing in, and my kids are laying out on their belly in the, on, a, on a blanket in the living room floor eating their popcorn, and they start watching this wedding video. Now, if you saw my 
my wedding video, you would be amazed at how slim and handsome I once was. I, I really was. And, uh, and my kids, they were not expecting that. In fact, um, you know, my daughter Lydia was five at the time when we were watching this, and she said, she said Dad, you... You sure look different there. And Luke is seven, uh, my son, and, and, and Luke said, well, that's because he was young back then. And, uh, and Luke was right. I'm watching this, watching this wedding video, and I was 21 when I got married. And I can't believe as I'm watching this how young I was. And I, I mean, I was so immature when I got married. I had no clue how to truly live well with another person, how to love my wife as Christ loved the church. And if you were to ask my wife, if, if, she was, if she was still here sitting here right now, she would tell you this is absolutely true. That first year of marriage, whew, that was hard. I mean, once the honeymoon was over and it wasn't over, I mean, it was just a, after that Lucky Charms box, everything went downhill. And, uh, and honestly, that, that first year of marriage, there was a lot of tension, a lot of disagreement, a lot of conflict. We're both pretty strong personalities. We had some pretty good fights that first year. And as I'm watching this wedding video and seeing how young I was, I thought to myself, how in the world did we ever make it? If you look in the wedding video, you can see my wife's grandparents. We were married on their 65th wedding anniversary. It was the day we got to 